Welcome to this podcast by SendCenter.com. If you followed the last four podcast episodes on the main conflict in relationships, then you want to listen into this as I will cover the most important mistakes to avoid and how to repair relationship wounds that cause ongoing conflict. If you don't know what attachment is about or how it impacts relationships and can cause conflict, then check out my earlier podcasts and videos. Relationships have what I call key attachment moments. These are the moments where we really need our partner to be there for us. And if they're not, it will cause severe damage to the bond and trust and closeness will suffer from that. These are the moments that really answer the key question. Will you be there when I need you the most? These key moments would be anything from childbirth, serious sickness, the loss of a loved one, getting fired or any significant event where we really need support from our key attachment figure, our partner. How you respond to your partner's needs in these circumstances are critical. There's no gray area here. Even valid logical reasons will not help restore the emotional damage that not being there would cause. For us to trust the attachment bond, we must be there in these key moments when your partner really needs you. Failure to show up at these moments can really create resentment, distance and long-term damage that require a lot of repair work later. Often conflict that seems completely unrelated are motivated by an old attachment wound created by a partner that was not there in a key attachment moment. Being there for your partner in these key moments does not have to be hard. It can be small gestures like sending flowers on a bad day, ordering takeaway food for them when they're sick if you don't live together, holding them and reassuring them when they come home and tell you about their bad medical results. These small gestures shows you're there when it matters and creates secure attachment and closeness. This will impact everything else in your relationship. Common attachment wounds happen without us realizing we caused them in the first place. In times of great need, do we make our partner the top priority and choose to be there for them? These are key moments that are of special importance as we learn if we can count on our partner and trust them. If the emotional and physical needs are not met, we get guarded and trust less and feel less connected and secure. We can also call these attachment traumas. These are when we experience a crisis or are in critical need of physical or emotional safety and comfort, but our partner simply did not respond. Despite a great functional relationship, these few events, if the trust towards the attachment is broken, will color the entire relationship as a fundamental trust is not there anymore. The key question, are you there for me when I need you the most, was a no, so the relationship will be clouded by a fear and distrust, even when the day-to-day seems okay. This will inhibit intimacy and connection until it's healed. These attachment traumas could be a partner was diagnosed with cancer and we were so busy working that we simply were not there for them. Or perhaps we could not manage our own fears around losing our partner so we retrieved instead of reaching out to support them. It could be a woman that was left alone, scared during childbirth. These moments when we feel vulnerable and perhaps scared is when we need our partner to be most responsive. And if they're not, it will cause some attachment trauma or wounds that require healing before trust and intimacy can flourish again. Don't get me wrong, they may have logical and genuinely good reasons for not being there in these key moments, 
Perhaps they had a work crisis or they might be so overwhelmed that they could not provide the support you needed. All are logically valid reasons, but they will not change the wound created and the damage to trust and intimacy. So a healing process must still take place if you had a valid reason. So let's look at what we can do to heal these attachment wounds. Number one. The hurt partner describes a feeling they're experiencing without blaming it on their partner. Focus on how it made you feel and how it has impacted your trust and safety with your partner. Did you feel alone, abandoned, rejected? Express what you needed to feel safe and comforted. It could sound something like this. The day I came home to tell you I had cancer, I needed you to hold me and comfort me. I felt so scared, but when you did not even lift your head from the TV to look at me, I felt so alone and went to my room and cried for hours. After that day, I never trusted you to be there for me again, and I learned to depend on my friends instead. I needed you so badly to hold me and tell me it would be okay. Number two. The partner acknowledges and accepts the hurt partner's feelings and accepts their part in it. This will make the hurt partner feel seen and understood and make them trust you can act differently in the future. First step in restoring trust is always to acknowledge that we made a mistake. We all make mistakes, but it doesn't make us bad people. However, if we can't acknowledge that we did something wrong or made a mistake, then there's zero chance we'll act differently in the future and this is why this must happen to restore trust. Repeat back what you heard to your hurt partner. Then ask if you understood it correctly. If they feel understood, they will trust you more and healing can begin. This could sound something like this. I can hear how you must have needed me to be there for you, to hold you and comfort you. You wanted to not feel alone and that we were in this together. You felt so scared and I broke your trust because I could not be there for you in that moment the way you really needed me. Try to use their words and expressions to reflect their experience back at them. Step number three. The partner then, after having acknowledged it, expresses regret to show the partner's hurt feelings and experience has an impact on them and that they want to act differently in the future and want to be there for them. This must be genuine, so don't fake it as that will just break trust even more. Use your empathy to sense your partner's experience and once you do that, it's easy to express regret. This could sound something like this. I'm so sorry I hurt you in this way and made you feel alone when you needed me the most. I can see how I created a very deep wound and perhaps even sadness for you and how it made us move apart and you could no longer trust me. Point number four. What was needed is now clearly expressed by the hurt partner and the other partner then acknowledge the need and agree to provide it going forward. So you obviously been through listening to your partner's hurt, acknowledge and repeating it back to them, expressing your regret and the impact it had on you that you could see how you hurt them. And now finally it's about the action step of clarifying how you will act differently. And this is really important too at restoring the trust. You also need to show and express the emotional impact that it had when you realize that harm on your partner. This is what will help them trust you again. This could sound something like this. I want to be there for you when you need me the most. Looking back, I realized that when I heard the word cancer, I froze. And all I could think about was losing you and that made me so scared. 
It was like I could not move or was paralyzed. But you needed me and I failed in that moment and that makes me so sad to know that I left you alone. I don't want to ever leave you alone when you need me again. Perhaps you can try to reach me with things you are comfortable sharing and I can show you that I will be there for you. Can you see how this partner takes responsibility, makes it clear that they understand the hurt partner's experience is understood and validated. Then they show the emotional impact it had on them finding out that they hurt their partner. And they explain why they failed in that moment and at the end clarify how they will act differently in the future. Don't make promises that you can't keep as this will only break trust more. The reason I talk about attachment needs before individual needs is because once we deal with the attachment needs, the fear of loss or not being enough, it becomes so much easier to deal with issues around our individual needs, such as he wants to ride his motorbike more and she doesn't want that, or she wants to travel more, he doesn't like that. Once we feel fundamentally safe and secure, a lot of the issues that have inhibited individual needs automatically go away, and it becomes so much easier to communicate and for the partner to work through any issues. So I really hope you enjoyed this podcast and can use it and have fun until I see you next time. Take care from SendCenter.com.